Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Very rarely does this happen. Today is, uh, provided you're a Sunday radio listener, if you're listening to the podcast, you're getting a preview, I guess. Uh, (laughs) It is Respect Life Sunday, and I am very pleased to actually, on Respect Life Sunday, have our Director of Pro-Life Activities with us uh, for this kind of significant day in our uh, church year, uh, Cheryl Caleri. Cheryl, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate Uh, it. Just tell us about Respect Life Sunday. What is it? Where did it? How did it start? That kind of sure. Thing. Um, we like to uh, take uh, you know one day at least a year to observe all dignity of of human life, and we've been doing it in the diocese you know for nearly twenty years now, and um, definitely having our our life chain for of sixteen that I know of, and basically we uh, like to have all of the parishes have. Uh, you know, their mass um, intentions be for all of life. And we have a special mass down at the cathedral uh, with the bishop. And uh, this year, Bishop Grosch is going to be leading that mass for us. And um, after the mass, we all convene um, on Niagara Falls Boulevard, uh, pretty much spotted out during the, the entire length, all the way from Kenmore Avenue uh, right into Niagara County. And we're also encouraging those outlying uh, counties that we have our parishes in to have uh, a place where they pray and have a presence as well. Uh, yeah, people may see that at the beginning of October as they're driving along the, the boulevard. Very visible here for, for Erie County and for the metro yes. area. So this year people may be seeing that in other parts of our diocese, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay. All right, good. So uh, people can keep an eye out for that today. Uh, again, if you're our Sunday listener here on the first uh, of October, let's just give a refresher at the at the beginning here. We call it the Office of Pro Life Activities. The first thing everything thinks about, which obviously is a primary concern in our Catholic faith and for. Um, us in the United States as Catholics, everyone thinks first of the abortion issue, and we, you know, obviously, um, you know, like I say, that's that's primary in terms of you know our prayer and our uh, the, the things we fight for uh, legislatively and and lobbying, etc. Um, but you have already uh, indicated it's life across the board. It's, we're not a one-issue Absolutely. church. And um, thank you for bringing that up because it's really important to me. Um, going on eight years now, and I can't believe it, as uh, <laughs> director of pro-life activities, I've made it a real effort to make sure that people understand how we connect those dots. So, for example, um, it was a, a big mission of mine to open up the Mother Teresa home, which you know that we did uh, have the dedication last year, and we're just uh, coming off – um, you know her feast day, and the end of the at the end of the day, um, 
we want to have a place for that mom to be able to to learn, to grow, and advocate for the mother as well so that we're not just saying, yes, we want to save the baby. It's not just about the baby. It's about the mom. And long term, if we're going to break the cycle, so to speak, we have to work with her and journey with her um, wherever she's at and help her get the services and all of the things that she needs to be a successful parent. Uh, yeah, th- that's our probably our, our, our newest thing and uh, you know you mentioned you've been at it eight years and <laughs> we've been here every step of the way with that on this program uh, you know one of the things that you hear um, is uh, and let's just say through through media I, I, we don't even have to take sides here right um, we talk about as a society making abortion safe and legal okay mm-hmm. Yet the word they don't mention is easy. Right. And if you're a mom in the situation where you have an unplanned pregnancy, you maybe don't have a good family situation, any number of things, you're you're in financial straits, right? Right. It's no different than anything that you and I encounter in any decision-making process in our life. The first thing you think of is, okay, what's the easiest way out of this? Right. Right? So it's important that we offer alternatives – Right. To to moms in this case. Exactly. And that they're exposed to how they can get those resources. Right. And that's what leads us to the sidewalk. Because when we pray outside in front of uh, the clinic or if we're praying outside of a parish or after mass and we're trying to give resources to people. Or on Niagara Falls Boulevard today. That's right. right. Um, What we're trying to let people know is there is help. There is hope. And if we can't reach them, then they can't know that. And so if we don't want them to take the easiest flow of water, then we have to be there as the dam, so to speak, to say, here, you can stop here and we can talk about this. And what we have found is, and again, um, we're passionately Catholic and we don't apologize for it, but I can tell you most of the women that we help are not Catholic and some are not even of faith. But the beautiful part of that is that we're able to, as you say, talk about all of the other life issues. So, for example, one of the women that we helped um, was a recent um, refugee who came, um, who was expecting, literally came to this country and found out she was pregnant and was scared because didn't know how it worked here in the United States. Um, We also had somebody who um, was referred to us from an agency. She actually was not here legally. Um, We helped her get all of her paperwork, her visa, her shots, and everything so that she could feel that she could hold her head high and carry a child in the United States. So there's a lot of things behind the scenes um, that we're really proud of um, that we not just say um, we're open for every one of God's children, um, but we are actually doing that. Uh, Cheryl Caleri is our Director of Pro-Life Activities here in the Diocese of Buffalo. It is Respect Life Sunday today, the first Sunday of October. And let's talk about some of those other you know, alternatives that we try to 
provide. You mentioned the Mother Teresa home. I, I did not ask specifically how is it going now that you've been, what, about a year or so, right? A right. year, year and a half, we're getting off the ground, right? And That's right. Um, still getting our feet wet, I imagine. We are. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of things that we knew and we anticipated. And, of course, just like everything else, there's a lot of things that you don't <laughs> sure. anticipate. Yeah. Um, and similarly, and that goes with the girls and the babies yeah. and things like that. Um, and then on the flip side of it, just like all homeowners, um, you know, you, just when you think you're done, another project <laughs> yeah. comes up. So we so always, always have project. projects underway. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, and by the way, if people want to know anything about any of these projects, uh, buffalodiocese.org is the place to go. You will find there's a number of tabs that point you to all the different things that we do in the diocese. I probably don't give a plug enough to Mark Chimchuk here in our office who spends a great deal of time making sure that the website is is up to date and helping people like Cheryl get their pages all together and plus managing the Western New York Catholic site. So if you go under the advocacy and social teaching, you will find pro-life and all of the, the different things that uh, Cheryl has going on in, in that office, including information about the, the programs like Mother Teresa Home we're talking about today. Uh, similar but different, uh, Giannamola. Uh, yes. The St. John Amola Pregnancy Center. Tell us some more about that. Too. Sure. Um, again, uh, starting in our sixth year there, um, we've helped over 1,500 families this past year. We've got two satellite locations, one in Niagara County in the old Divine uh, Mercy School, and we have one in uh, Chautauqua in the old St. Hedwig's uh, Rectory. Uh, we've been very pleased with the referrals and the moms that we've been able to help, some of the parenting classes we've been able to connect them with. So that's uh, going really well as as well. Uh, uh, terrific. Um, now, on the, uh, I just want to continue on this, this vein. We have a number of things that we want to talk about today. But um, on the other side, um, for people that have had an abortion or – People that um, maybe a daughter or a granddaughter or a or a, a girlfriend. It could be um, you know sister. Could be anyone. Um, tell us about Project Rachel for people who are struggling after making that decision. Thank you for bringing that up because, again, it's one of those things that people don't really want to talk about, but we need to talk about it. What we have found is uh, I work with very closely with Deacon Mike uh, Dulac in our office, and we have a very successful um, Project Rachel ministry um, insofar as uh, Day of Hope and Healing. We have one coming up November 11th, um, and we hold it at uh, Christ the King Seminary. Uh, registration is confidential. It's online. Um, what we have found, um, Greg, is that there's so many people that are suffering out there needlessly. Um, part of the problem is even if, they, if they're Catholic and even if they've been to reconciliation, um, they may not have forgiven themselves. And so even though they've accepted the mercy of Christ, it's really difficult for them on a day-to-day basis to forgive themselves. And this uh, day of hope and healing um, usually comes after they've met with us, um, you know, several times. And uh, it's a group uh, scenario. And I think it's very helpful for them to see we've had everything from an 80-year-old woman who had one when they weren't legal to a doctor, a male doctor who was a provider, to a woman who was in her 50s who was watching a movie with her kids and they were talking disparagingly about how could somebody ever do that and she wanted to figure out, okay, now how do I tell my kids when I was in college, this is what I did. Um, And then, of course, um, you know, our college 
uh, age students. So it's a broad brushstroke of those people who are affected, and we call it the ripple effect too because many people, uh, boyfriends, husbands who've driven uh, the women to the clinics uh, suffer some uh, guilt and, and, and uh, suffering as well. So, I have a family member who has recently um, had two miscarriages mm-hmm. and I would think that um, – even though maybe the, they paint a different picture uh, about, you know, when we talk about abortion, I have to think that the grief and the the feelings that you end up going through are similar. Absolutely. And that. we actually have a lot of uh, – we actually have an opportunity. Um, we have healing masses on a regular basis for people who have had miscarriages, stillborn, yeah. and uh, they also find – uh, camaraderie with one another because, again, unless you've experienced it yourself, it's a difficult thing and a difficult journey to walk with somebody. You can surely be sympathetic, but when it hasn't happened to you personally, it's a really uh, different takes on a really different tone. Well, and it is a ripple effect. I mean, it affects the family members around you. I would think particularly um, when we talk about somebody making that choice to terminate a pregnancy, um, I would – and you must hear it. Family members, I'm sure, get angry a lot of the time. Absolutely. I'm working with a young lady right now who's really having a lot of pressure from her parents, pressure from her grandmother, um, which is another hope and dream that I had of why we needed the Mother Teresa home because she is going to be able to move in with us and be away from kind of a sanctuary yeah. where she can make up her own mind – um, and again, we're not – it's not judgmental. We're there to help them. I tell them always, we're going to probably see them one way or the other. Either we're going to walk the journey with them, with their child and get them all the services that they need or we most likely will see them in our Project Rachel ministry helping them heal um, from their decision because I can tell you that no one ever sits across from myself or Deacon Mike and says, I got up that morning and that's what I wanted to do. There's always yeah. something behind it. Yeah. There's always something, uh, whether, like you said, whether it's financial, whether it's pressure, whether it's um, something that, you know, from a family standpoint is not going to fit into the plans right now, there's always a reason. Uh, Before we go to to break here, we're going to take a short break. Uh, Just tell us, how does Project Rachel work? What do people do? Absolutely. Well, we have our – everything's online as you've already pointed out. Um, But we have our main number, which is the 847-2205. And they can also call our hotline, which is 847-2211, and they can leave a message there. Okay. And that's all in the 716 area code for our listeners outside the uh, Buffalo metro area. And Cheryl Caleri is our Director of Pro-Life Activities in the Diocese of Buffalo. Anything we talk about today can be found at buffalodiocese.org. We'll be right back. If you're suffering after an abortion, you don't have to suffer alone. The Catholic Church understands, and we would like to help. Through Project Rachel, we offer free, non-judgmental, confidential counseling for anyone suffering from the effects of abortion. Call Project Rachel at 716-847-2205. Remain as anonymous as you like. Call 716-847-2205. We care. 
Let us help you today. I'm Greg Prince. Thank you for joining us on this Respect Life Sunday here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Cheryl Caleri, our Director of Pro-Life Activities for the Diocese of Buffalo, joins us. Cheryl, we spent a lot of time in the first part of the program talking about um, you know, what we do for moms and the abortion issue, etc. And we said from the start, and now we want to confirm that we are not a one-issue church. In fact, um, we were just in the midst of quite a battle on the other side of life here in New York State, right? That is correct. We've had a lot going on with the physician-assisted suicide, been going down to Albany several times, working with uh, our legislatures and, and really trying to put together uh, some ideas and which ways in which that we can raise the awareness of what physician-assisted suicide actually is the difference between some of the terms that are being used, the other side, quote unquote, is using dignity, using the words, um, you know, that you want to have compassion, compassion and choices. Well, those all sound like great words. We would all agree. But at the end of the day, they have quite a different meaning from our church teaching. So we've uh, made a real concerted effort. We consider it a victory um, right now that we have um, you know, one part of the battle, so to speak. Um, but we have a long way to go, first of all, to educate people um, in the pews, um, in the public generally, to understand what it actually means, and then to really stand up for those um, because we're all, uh, we're all born with a termination date. And we need to remember that. Um, we're all going to be there someday. And it's really important that our loved ones really understand what our, number one, what our wishes are, but all, that we can understand when we go for care. That's what we expect is to have care, not to have somebody gently push us down the road of, uh, you know, euthanasia. Well, I mean, let's go back to, you know, what I kind of hinted towards earlier, right? We like things to be easy Correct. in our society and for us personally. And as we all know from anything that any of us have done in life, the easiest thing isn't always the best thing to do. Correct. And um, I, I recently spoke um, at, at the McGuire Group on a, on a panel and we talked about this, um, you know, people that are in nursing homes, people getting their health care proxies in order understanding um, what the difference is between Molst and Polst. And, you know, that's another whole show for another day. But <laughs> It is. <laughs> but, at the, but at the end of the day, people really need to understand that um, we're trying to let them know that there are resources for them to understand their teaching, to understand Catholics uh, very – it's very misunderstood where they uh, – people think – they have to suffer, um, you know, that we're – that Catholics are calling people right to the bitter end. Um, there's a thing about extraordinary and ordinary measures and you have to weigh all of these things out. Certainly the treatment for, you know, an 80-year-old person who has heart disease, who has diabetes, um, you know, who has other health issues, um, the treatment is going to be much different with a diagnosis, for example, of a, a brain tumor, glioblastoma. Um, my dad had suffered, um, so I can use that as a specific example, versus somebody who is in their 20s, who's an athlete, who's healthy, who has not one health issue. Treatment and moving forward with both of those scenarios are going to be very different. Um, and so that is part of our mission also, is to really um, 
get people up to date on to what are some of the things that are available, what are some of the things that they need to know about when they're making decisions for their end of life. Um, and another thing that people often pick their spouse, and that might not be the best person um, because they're so emotionally attached uh, to you that when you're in that scenario, it's very difficult um, when you have that emotional attachment as well. So, Yeah, the, the worst time to make a decision is when you're in the middle of the problem. Exactly right. Right? I mean, it. you know, sometimes you have to do that, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I talk about with uh, uh, Carmen Kalea, who was just on the show recently, our director of Catholic Cemeteries. We always talk about pre-planning as the best option. Absolutely. Make these decisions while you're in a good place and you can decide kind of what you want. And obviously with your health, you never know what's going to happen, but you can at least have a plan if there is a catastrophe or a serious issue as to how you kind of want to proceed, right? Exactly right. I was recently called to ECMC with a family with a young person who was in a terrible accident. You know, they were only 21 years old and they just turned 21. And the parents were there. Of course, the boyfriend was there. There were all kinds of different issues going on in regards to was she brain dead? Was she not brain dead? Should we keep her on, you know, life life support, et cetera? And so you just don't know when those things are going to arise. We often think of the elderly or yeah. mature. Um, but they, it, as you know, we can be called at any time. And so these are the things, as you say, that um, we need to think about ahead of time and be prepared for. Yeah, yeah you want to think about it. And, and on the same thing we were talking about, similar to um, what we're trying to do with the uh, Mother Teresa home, with Janimola Pregnancy Centers, um, you know, we have resources available. Um, I think of Catholic Charities in particular. They've also been on the show recently to kind of help you navigate the healthcare waters and 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 do some of these things. Right? Um, we are, we try very hard as a church not to leave people hanging in these areas. Absolutely. In fact, um, I was on the original team uh, last year where we uh, had the opiate crisis, and a lot of people said. Well, what would the pro-life director be on that panel for? Why wouldn't you Exactly. I mean, so I was in good company. We had Catholic Charities. We had um, one of our clergy there. We had uh, the sheriffs uh, there. And interestingly enough, number one, we have pregnant women that are addicted. So we deal with that. And many people think the best thing to tell them right as soon as they find out they're pregnant, you need to stop. And that's the worst thing that you could tell them um, because they need to have clear um, medical help in regards to that so that they, um, their pregnancy is not terminated by them going through such a withdrawal on their own. Um, and then, of course, as we know, the unfortunate statistics that we have just in Erie County alone um, with the overdose and the fentanyl that has been uh, really raging through. And these are the 20, 30-somethings. These are not teenagers like everybody. There, Of course, there are some, but a lot of them are in their 20s and 30s, people who were addicted to opiates for maybe a, a, a hockey injury or you know a hip injury or different things that people have been addicted and then they get forced to go onto the street um, because they haven't they, they now say in seven days uh, somebody could be addicted to yeah. opiates. So yeah, it, it, it's an ongoing and terrible, terrible crisis. And and you know, um, I know people throw that word around, but it is a crisis, and particularly in 
western New York and, you know, our urban areas, but also in our very rural Absolutely. areas. And that's the part you don't hear about as much on the news. So right. it's, we need to keep working on that. I'm working very closely with um, Claire and, and Daybreak. We're going to try to roll out uh, – it's a, a several-layer plan, but the first stage of it, I'm excited to say, rolled out. Um, in September when we had our in-service, and that is we're going to have our Respect Life coordinators identify someone in each parish. We all know that there's doctors and social workers in every parish. And we're going to try to identify that person so that each parish has somebody at that level to be able to go go to, a go-to person, when a family finds themselves in this particular scenario. So we're really excited about rolling that out too. Terrific. Um, not a lot of time left. Uh, one thing I did want to want to mention we kind of talked a little before the program not too early to think about the march for life right i mean in fact now's probably the time so we can get the buses taken care of and you Thank can you. have that on your calendar <laughs> in january right exactly we um, as you had mentioned with the website we have everything already out there it's in the it's in the pews now we need people to respond and register so that we can get everything done uh, they're doing a little bit different this year so they're going back to the old way where you have to get tickets so it's kind of like going to a concert where you got to <laughs> click on the on the right. uh, Website right away and try to get your tickets held. And it's going to be one um, the, for the youth. It's going to be at the Verizon Center. So uh, instead of having the two locations, there's going to be one location this year. And we expect at least six or seven buses again this year. So we need to get people to sign up right away. Okay. And it is conception until natural death. When we say March for Life, it is for life. That is correct. Cheryl Caleri, Director of Pro-Life Activities here in the Diocese of Buffalo. Thank you for joining us on this Respect Life Sunday. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck out there on the boulevard today. God bless. So obviously, she's not here alive in the studio, folks. She's out there on the boulevard, and uh, um, we appreciate her taking the the time before uh, before all the activities of today. Uh, BuffaloDiocese.org is the place to go. Under advocacy and social teaching, you'll find all the pro-life information. Go down just a couple of uh, notches and you'll find news and media. You can also go to uh, wnycatholic.org slash radio. All of our podcasts are there, including a couple with Cheryl Caleri from uh, months and years back. So you can find those on there as well. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.